Hello. Welcome to True Hoop with me, Gerard Hector, and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? I am great. I'm excited to talk about the NBA. A couple more days anyway before we take a little well-deserved rest. Uh, indeed, indeed. All-star break coming up. Uh, last games will be Thursday, and then we um, won't have any games in the NBA till the following Thursday. Um, the trade deadline ended last week. Uh, David wrote a great piece up on the website, troop.com. Make sure you guys are subscribed to that. Uh, David Henry and I did a two-part Megapod on Friday, recapping everything. Uh, two parts, part one and part two, our most downloaded episodes combined ever. So thank you, everyone out there, for downloading, listening, subscribing. Please share this with all your friends. Uh, we, you know, we truly believe that we have something unique here at Troop and what we do and how we talk about the NBA. And of course, we have the insight from Coach David Thorpe. That's that's our secret weapon. That you know, all these other podcasts are out there. They don't have that. All right, um, David, let's look back uh, sort of now that we have some time to decompress a little bit. One of the things you wrote about uh, in your piece about the trade deadline was teams that did not negatively alter their defensive identity are going to have a nice advantage come the postseason. And the top three teams in the East, and if you want to add Cleveland as a fourth uh, to contender status, even though they're young, but very good, number one in defense right now, number one in adjusted net rating, so they're right up there. But when you're talking about Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly, those teams, while Western teams and even some East teams added more offense, they said, eh, we're going to go defense instead. And that you think is going to have a huge uh, impact come the postseason. Yeah, I think it really could. Uh, we're going to talk later on the show about offensive execution, but there's defensive execution as well. Uh, it, t- it requires talent. It requires interest. You know, it's guys wanting this position to defend kind of thing. Uh, a coach that can develop a strategy that that makes sense like via the math based on what a team is good and not so good at and what your team can accomplish. What can they do? And you have to know your personnel. And uh, and the guys have to develop a feel uh, themselves. You know, we, we as, uh, as you know, I have my book, Basketball is Jazz, that isn't just about offense. There's a jazzy part of defense too, a feel that you get that, these teams in the East, those four teams, have. And it's easier to incorporate one new guy into the defense strategies than, than even just one guy for the offense. I, I was speaking to a very good player today, this morning, who had been traded over the week, oh, um, you know, whatever, on Thursday, I think he got traded, or whatever the deadline was, Wednesday maybe. Thursday, Thursday yeah. And uh, I asked how it was going. This is via text. And he wrote back, just trying to learn all the new plays. And... um. <laughs> He didn't even mention defense, but he's going to have to at some point there. So I think that these teams can really defend. And the job of defense is not to keep you from scoring. That's not how it works. It's to make you take the toughest shots they can make you take, the kind of shots you don't typically get or or succeed at, possession after possession after possession. And and as I said to you, um, the first time we tried to do this podcast when my computer (laughs) died, um, in speaking to a player the other day about why his team failed offensively so much, he said it wasn't even just about the other team's defense, which was elite, uh, it is elite, but he said we couldn't stop them. So we always had to play five on five, which is a very astute, pretty simple insight that, that the reality is. And so those teams need to have good offenses too. And, uh, and so when you, if you project it out, Gerard, uh, those four teams, should they m- make the finals, of their conference, those are going to be bloodbaths because all four teams can really defend 
And each of them added a piece that will make a difference, whether it's mm-hmm. as a more of a big rotation player or just a start a replacement player uh, that gives you some real depth. All that has value, I think. Yeah, no, you're, you're dead on. And, you know, there's also a psychological thing to that when you're playing these kinds of defenses, right, mm. David? Like yeah. you, it's like every time we come down, it's such a slog to get a yeah. shot that we want. And it's that's going to mess with yeah. you mentally. And then when you have to get on defense to stop them, you're already upset because you haven't been able to get what you want on offense. And this is how a, a, a snowball effect starts, right? And now you're down 15 or 20. And you're like, crap, we're getting killed by this team because we have no way to combat it. So, yeah, it, it, it's cr- hugely critical. Um, you know, the good news is if you're a Western Conference contender, you only got to play one of those teams. Thank the good Lord. Because if you if you had to play two of them, don't know if any of those West teams are going to beat two of those guys, but they only have to beat one. So, you know, that's that's the the, the saving grace for teams in the Western Conference. Um, you know, injuries, we talk about this all the time on this show. They're going to play a role in how the finals are decided, how the champions decided last year, um, in addition to being exhausted, because remember, Jason Tatum played in the Olympics the year prior, uh, the summer, right before that season, and we already had that compressed timeline with the COVID year and everything, and even though he's 24, however old he is and super young, he doesn't have unlimited reserve energy, right? At some point, you run out, (laughs) and not only did he run out, he was also hurt, right? So we have teams, David, who have contenders who have, you know, they got some injury concerns. Durant is not back yet from his MCL. He should be back post-All-Star. Uh, Stephen Curry for the Warriors, he's going to get reevaluated post-All-Star. That doesn't mean he's going to play. We have to see what the evaluation says. So that could be some extended time that he's out. Jalen Brown with a fractured face, although the Celtics' depth, I think, helps them there, um, as, as we saw in their national game on, on, on Sunday night. Um, you know, there's just things that are on the table for a lot of these teams. LeBron in LA has got a foot situation now, though, even though they are better as a team, everyone who listens to this podcast knows that David's not very high on how they're coaching right now. So I don't even know if that matters, right? Because if the coaching isn't good, what difference is it going to make if he's healthy or not? But these injuries, right? They're going to play a huge role in who does what come April. I, I think Henry said oh, a few years back that the most likely person to be injured is the guy that's already injured. Correct. Yeah. So I didn't know that, but it makes sense. And so, yeah, we're, you know, here we are in mid-February and we're trying to project out what's going to look like. We're, as we speak, as you know, we're writing something about who's on our championship bus. And uh, some of these teams are making it because of legacy. They have a reserve spot, like, like the Warriors and LeBron, whatever team LeBron's on. Betting against him is never a smart thing. Uh, but when they're injured, Curry and LeBron, like, what are you going to do? Kevin Durant, like, these are major right. players. Booker just got back from his. Mm-hmm. The Grizzlies, mm-hmm. I think, are still missing Steven Adams, aren't they? Did he play his last game? Uh, yeah, no, yeah, he, he's, he's still out. He's out for us. Yeah, he's still he's out an for important player for them. So, uh, yeah, we're going to – and they're, yeah, they're losing. We're going to have to just – it's just going to be challenging. And, and not just for us as prognosticators, but for the teams to get them back in the swing of things. Um, Uh, Those that aren't having that issue, like, for example, Milwaukee, where Middleton's been back Mm -hmm. for a bit now, Mm -hmm. and Giannis Mm -hmm. is fine, and Drew's fine, those teams have an advantage. Jalen Brown's facial injury, I think Mm -hmm. I read that he's doing better. Yeah, and he says he's going to try to play in the All-Star game, because with a facial injury, he can wear a mask, and, you know, he's probably I've had players deal with a mask before, and it's never been much of an issue. Um, As much as I thought it might be, it it hasn't been, Uh, except for one player who struggled to shoot 
for whatever reason, once his mask was off, he was back to shooting great. But um, uh, yeah, it's it's not the ideal situation. Uh, you hope for good luck to happen going forward, but it's something we have to take note of. Yeah. And it's, you know, again, as Henry said, it's right. The best indicator of future injuries, previous yeah. injury, right? That's just the track record that you're going to. And of course, we're talking about these guys that we mentioned. They're also older guys, right? Except for Jalen Brown, Steph, LeBron, Katie. These are all guys north of 33, right? So like, this is what happens when you have that many miles in your body. It's just, it increases the likelihood that something goes wrong. Sticking with uh, Phoenix, um, we talked about teams that went offense. They clearly went Offensive supernova, adding Kevin Durant to Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton. They lost Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson, uh, two rotation guys who are excellent defenders, great three-point shooters, kind of help their offensive machine move. But you understand why they do it, right? When you're on the Chris Paul sort of timeline, it's like, well, this was a team that before Durant was here, no, I don't think we had them on the championship bus, right? That, that they were not the playing well. They, they were not playing not, well. Right? Not so well like, enough. All right. Yeah. We only have two years left on this Chris Paul deal. He's 37. Like, we have to be in now or we trade Chris Paul, which they did try to do, um, but that didn't end up happening. Um, so they're like, okay, well, how do we make ourselves better and try to increase our odds? We get Durant. Of course, again, you're, you're losing depth now. So now that means TJ Warren, Torrey Craig, those guys have to step up into a role. I think the starting five, um, you know, this is, we need DeAndre Ayton to step up and be more engaged defensively and be what he was when they went to the finals two years ago. But Durant, prior to injury, was having an excellent defensive season. Some might even say his best defensive season ever. So if he's back to doing that again and his otherworldly offense, you're not going to miss Mikael Bridges if he's doing that. The issue is behind, right? What's going to happen now? No Cam Johnson, as I mentioned, Torrey Craig, TJ Warren, and the buyout market. How do the Suns address their depth situation going forward? Well, uh, do we want to do a three-minute discussion on whether or not they should have done the deal? Because you, uh, you, you laid it out pretty good. Chris Paul's timeline, they mm-hmm. have been struggling some. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, I, I have a thought on it. I, happily, happily, yeah. Uh, hell no. Well, do I do that deal? Well, I, I think we talked about it on, fr- we, on Friday. Not, yeah, on, 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 I'm on an, an old man, like, Gerard. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I think, yes, you you were not high on the deal because of, you know, there's no... They're going to fucking suck for years. Well, yes. Once Durant and everybody's done right. and retired, and they have no draft picks. They got they got nothing going on. No. They have eight. They'll have Aiton and Booker, and that's it. They're going to want out. Aiton yeah, yeah. Matt already want out. So, all right. So, I won't go into it anymore, but I, I'll just, I'll just say this: using Durant to be the glue, I think that's a big mistake. I would have preferred them because Katie, we now know based on reporting anyway, that he had just said, "I'll stay in Brooklyn happily, but if you can get me to Phoenix, I, I'd like to go to Phoenix." I feel like the Suns should have told Katie's people, "We're coming after you in June. We're not ready for you. Uh, we've got to solve some problems here." And when, which I think Aiton is the is probably the biggest source that's, of that. That's right. the one. So, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about the yeah. Aiton issue because that's the one that you see as the problem. Yeah, I just he's not been nearly as good. He's not you know earning his salary. Uh, I don't. We talked with some last week. I know. I don't know what the reason is. I just know something's going on there. And you know, let's. We all thought the Brooklyn experiment was going to fail ultimately, or at least most of us did, with Harden, Kyrie, and and KD, and. Uh, for reasons we all, you know, we all basically understand that the the weaknesses of those those men were not basketball playing weaknesses. 
There were other weaknesses, other problems. Uh, if you tell me that the Suns lose in the semifinals of the Western second round, let's say, I'll I'll probably guess right now that they just didn't get as much from Aiden as they needed. What a surprise. This is how it looks now. I would have liked them try to solve that problem. And even if they lose in the first round, but if Aiden's back playing well, the Nets will probably still do the deal that, that they would they would they it's a great deal for the Nets, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and I, mm-hmm. I either way though, I, I'm not a believer in a two-year run on a championship in five years of the desert. I don't think that's yeah. smart. But right. maybe you could say I'm not competitive enough, as in as if I, I don't think it's great to win 50 plus games a year. To me, that's a great year. Give yourself a chance yeah. to win. Separate yeah. from that, as you talk about depth, Jake Londale, um, uh, Cameron Payne, uh, Payne is been Wayne out. Wright. He's been mm-hmm. out. Yeah, Wainwright. Mm-hmm. Probably not expecting much. Shamit, not expecting much. No. I'm a little, I'm worried. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know that smarter people than, people than I think that you're better off just worrying about your, your top five or six because they're going to get the most minutes in the postseason. I don't subscribe to that theory. It's like yes, but right. Yeah. Like oh, you're you're a turned ankle away right. from one. Now someone's got to play trouble in the minutes. game. Turned ankle. Uh, luckily, no one's really dealing. I don't think they're testing for COVID anymore. Um, stuff happens, and guys get tired, uh, especially as the series, as the seasons, as this uh, postseason goes on. And so I'm I'm worried about Phoenix's depth. Uh, Tory Craig is okay. Like they've they have mm-hmm. a lot of okay guys right. to fill the, those holes. I think there's better teams, certainly in the West. And maybe in the East, that can take advantage of that. Uh, not to mention the fact that not only do they have to completely kind of rejigger what they're going to do defensively, mm-hmm. uh, they've lost two fantastic defenders and mm-hmm. willing defenders and shooters in Bridges mm-hmm. and Johnson, and and they traded Saric. I don't yeah, Saric for, for basically. I don't know mm-hmm. why exactly. I thought he was coming around and, and is a very good post defender. So maybe they basically is a better defender. Maybe they wanted more athleticism on the court. Yeah, probably what I'm thinking. Worse on offense, though. Yeah, for um, sure. Worse on offense. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, I know it's easy to get enamored with Kevin Durant. It's almost like a drug. Like you can't, you can't not be excited about it. Uh, I can't quit him, David. It's been it's seven, however many years. Nope. Nobody <laughs> I cannot. Nobody quit him. can. And I get it. I totally get it. He's, you know, in a lab you build KD to be to be what he is. Uh, and, uh, but I, I just have my concerns that, that whatever was causing the foundational problems originally, uh, are, are just going to be glossed over. KD's the lipstick mm-hmm. on the pig in a sense. Right. Right. And yeah. he's fucking expensive, talented lipstick, <laughs> but, <laughs> sure and, and maybe, and you know, winning solves problems, but they won a 64 games last year and that didn't and still have problems. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I just, yeah, I have my concerns. No, that's 100% fair. Look, the Aiton thing, we've talked about it all year. It's just been weird. And I just, someone will write a book about it or some reporter will come out with, all right, here's the real story. This is what went down. We don't know, but something just seemed off. And and listen, we all think of Chris Paul as one of the better leaders in the NBA, right? Um, He couldn't figure out this problem and help them come to Jesus and, and get this thing solved. So I don't know if and how it's going to solve. We say winning helps. We'll see. I think as they look at the buyout market, you know, there's already been reports that Terrence Ross, uh, once he's yeah. bought out from Orlando, will will want to go to Phoenix. That'll give them size, six foot eight, um, a scorer type. 
Um, you know, we'll see who else is available for them potentially in the buyout market. I think the the basic move I think was to get more athletic because you know you got KD and 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 Chris Paul. Those are old guys, right? I need some younger, fresher legs flying around them. I mean, ideally, I would like Cam Johnson and and Mikel Bridges, but you can't have, can't have everybody, right? So. They're going to try to piecemeal it with, the, with that athleticism. We'll see. We'll see how, how it all works out. Yeah, I, I think it's a challenge. I don't know what KD and CP's relationship is. We're so lazy. Kevin Durant and Chris Paul's relationship. <laughs> um, I, uh, I I don't subscribe to Chris Paul being uh, one of the best leaders. Oh, okay. I think he's okay. the best quarterback mm. at, for over the last 10, 12 years. Mm-hmm. I think there's mm-hmm. he's a prickly guy. Hey, yeah, sure. you know? And, uh, <laughs> he is certainly I that. will tell you, I... I sat, I've said this before on the show, probably a year ago, whatever. I sat behind the bench when I did an article of ESPN years ago, Darren Williams versus Chris Paul. Because if you remember, Chris yeah. Paul, uh, 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 there was a big argument. Who, who should they? Who was, I mean, people were saying Darren was better for a couple Darren years. Darren got drafted first before Chris mm-hmm. Paul, if I, if I remember correctly. Darren so. outplayed Chris Paul head to head. Paul was considered the better player. So it was a big controversy. Mm-hmm. My, editor, my editor said, go out there. And I'll never forget being there. I always, like you do, I try to get mm-hmm. there the second they'll let media in, 90 minutes, two hours mm-hmm. for a game, mm-hmm. to watch. And I thought Chris Paul was amazing. As his players came on the court, there was a feeling in the air, D. Will versus CP. Chris mm-hmm. Paul was just super loving and joyous with his teammates. D. Will was a prick, which is what he was kind of <laughs> known to be. And that's changed, in my opinion, for Chris Paul's time. Over time. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah. He ain't going to do that to KD. No, 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 but um, no. It, it's going to be different. There's it's going to be some differences there. I, I, I have to figure out still how well they mesh together on the court. Obviously, KD fits with anyone to some degree, but Chris Paul still has to get a feel for that. And his mm-hmm. biggest challenge has always been, when do I score? We call him the point mm-hmm. god. For, we all called him that for a reason, but that was always a challenge for him. Is when if I can go get thirty efficiently. Should I do that as opposed to sharing the ball a bunch? I think yes. That's been a problem for him. Uh, it was against the Milwaukee uh, series a couple years ago in the finals. So they've got they've got those kind of holes they're going to have to figure out. And uh, we'll see how Monty does as a head coach. Part of his job is to manage those egos and mm-hmm. get guys to believe. You know, we haven't mentioned Damian Lee shooting mm-hmm. the hell out of it mm-hmm. this year. One of the best shooters in the league. Can he do that in the postseason in real clutch moments mm-hmm. when he's not done that a lot in his career, if, if really almost ever? So I'm not, I just, yeah, I'm not as, I'm not convinced they're going to win the West like a lot of other people are. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think I said it on Friday before this trade, they maybe had a 0.1% chance of going to the West Finals. Now, maybe they have 2% chance of going to the West Finals, right? Like that's more, right? So you think that's it? I mean, it's probably more than that, but I'm just trying to give context to it, right? Because I think that basically, I think before this trade, there was no shot they were going to the conference. Finals. I would agree with that. It just, but now you have a shot, right? Is essentially what I'm saying. You have a shot. Yeah, um, I got it. So got it. Well, I'll be I'll be working on this dilemma of where to put them on the championship bus. Are they in the VIP mm-hmm. section in the front? Are they kind of economy <laughs> class? Are they in 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 the uh, in this we call it the sidecar? Yeah, they're not on the sidecar. I mean, with KD, no, no, Chris no. Paul, Devin, right. Devin Booker is great. Right. Great. Right. Great. Yeah, but yeah. I'll uh, get him together. Yeah, if Aiden played well. But I, right. they're going to miss Johnson and Bridges for sure. significantly. For sure. Those for sure. are really good players. Not only good players, uh, good dudes. I got a chance to uh, meet them on Saturday and they had their debut in Brooklyn. Just really good 
good players, you know, <laughs> so funny, David, like you could just feel like the breath of fresh air in the media room just by everybody when they came to the podium versus when like Kyrie comes to the podium. It's just, you know, and again, it's all the honeymoon first day stuff, but still it's just, it's I, I spoke like, to a Nets player and he, uh, he, he said to me last night, um, they might just be better dudes. Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. Like he, 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 he ain't yeah. stupid. This kid, this young man, yeah. he's not stupid. He doesn't know, but his, his first impulse, I said to him, you better, better guys is, yeah, they might just be better guys. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to, to protect Kyrie to some degree, certainly Harden and KD, uh, it's like watching Hollywood royalty. How do you not be affected? How is Brad Pitt not <laughs> <Yeah>. affected <laughs> right, in your right. daily life? The, there right. are challenges that you and I will never have to deal with at all, right. beyond anything we even imagined. Those guys have, just like Brad Pitt and those guys and the, and the famous people do. So um, I will say this. They're my favorite team. I don't want to get into the Nets. I know we have to talk about other things, but they're now my favorite team. They're wider, must, they're, I, I don't have must watched because I have to watch so many teams, but they will be my choice to watch. They, uh, they, in so many rankings on NBA Twitter, they've now jumped to a league pass favorite team. I, I tweeted this on Saturday during the game, just watching them. I said, this team defensively, I mean, their versatility is insane and they can give teams hell for 48 minutes. Like it's just, and they're, and they they're so shooting much. and then Claxton inside. and they're shooting. They got yeah. rain. They got arms, what I would, arms and legs for days. That's all you see out there. Arms and legs, arms and legs. That's just, they got nothing but that, um, which is awesome. Their challenge, of course, is going to be offensively, and we talked about this a little bit on our call this morning, is figuring out, okay, since we have less on-ball creation, how do we get involved tactically more? That's on Jacques Vaughn, right, yeah. to figure out. Let's do more things because we don't have the bailout. Shit, two seconds left. KD, get us a shot. Okay, fine. Right? Like, they don't have that anymore, yeah. right? So they got to kind we're, of figure out the other thing. We're going to write about that this week. Yeah, this yeah. is what I'm focused For, on this week. For sure. So you mentioned Harden, and I kind of want to talk about this because that Sixers game happened. A great game, by the yeah. way. Um I thought Dinwiddie got the shot off in time, but according to the, the, the shot clock operator, even nope. slow, I didn't watch it in slow motion. Even in slow motion, yeah, you thought, yeah, I, I thought, I saw I a thought picture. I saw a picture though. It was in his hand. The, the hand yeah. was still. But I mean, we were talking about. I mean, a blink is oh, too yeah. long. Oh, a blink's a lifetime compared to that. It was. It, it was a great game. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Harden after the game was asked about. Oh, you know, this is the first time you're playing the Nets uh, in a while with, and the, none of those guys that you came here. Or playing, what would you think about that? And Harden had some interesting comments. So this is James Harden when asked. I just didn't ask to leave for no reason. I was in a very good place in Houston. Obviously, we didn't have a chance to win a championship, but I was comfortable. So for me to up and leave my family, all the things I created there, to come to Brooklyn for a year and a half to try just to get up and leave, it was for a reason. You know what I mean? But I'm happy for the organization and what they got back. They got back some really good pieces. Um, he was then asked specifically, like, you know, what was going on? Uh, was there any dysfunction going on? Yeah, there was, like a lot of things. But it was just a lot of dysfunction, clearly. But it was a lot of internal things that I'm not going to ever say or put in the media. Uh, it's just one of the reasons why I chose to make my decision. But now, fast forward to fast forward to t- today's date, I don't look like the crazy one. I don't look like the guy or the quitter or whatever the media wants to call me. I knew what was going on. I just decided to, hey, I'm not built for this. I don't want to deal with that. I want to play basketball and have fun and enjoy it. Uh, as far as looking to today, they got a whole they got a whole new roster. And he was asked specifically about Kyrie and his availability. That's not something I'm going to answer. But the reason I made the decision to get out of my comfort zone, which was to leave Houston and do everything that I did, 
was to go out there and play with Katie and Kyrie. And with that being said, that didn't happen as much as I would like to, or the organization wanted it to. It was just something where I knew it wasn't going to change. So for me, I just had to make an individual decision for the betterment of my family and my career and what I wanted. And that's what happened. And I thought that was interesting, particularly David. Um, I just, where, he, where Harden says, I knew it was something that wasn't going to change. Now, you're around players a lot. You talk to them all the time. We can both say that there's a certain fraternity code that these players have, right? Where they're generally not going to go trash each other in the media, right? That's just not something that happens. Unless it's something like Dylan Brooks throwing right. a ball at Donovan Mitchell and you're an asshole or whatever. Right. But they're not going to go bad. That's just not, they don't do that, right? They'll instead, well, there were things, the organization, they'll look at a million different things. But to me, it was obvious in how he answered. Well, I'm not going to answer that. Like, I knew it wasn't going to change. That to me says there was a guy on this team right. who I knew every, t- oh, I didn't know if he was going to be at work this day. And I didn't want to deal with that every week. So I said, get me out of here because I don't want to deal with this guy. This guy being Kyrie Irving. Yeah, those guys recruited me. And one of them doesn't show up very much for crazy reasons. Um, he, I think I think he was trying to protect that. But then when he mm-hmm. wouldn't talk about it, when if it wasn't a problem, he would have, had, he would have easily said, hey, Kyrie, Correct. Kyrie has strong principles, right. blah, blah, blah. He didn't, he didn't yeah, say no, that. No, he did not. So <laughs> I, I, I don't, I'm going to find out um, more, but uh, I, I don't blame the Nets for what they did. I mean, you, you agreed to the trade. They would not have traded for you if you didn't want to come. Mm-hmm. You know, you, and I, I don't like that. It's not working out. I'm out of here unless it's player-based. And it's your fault for trusting him in the first place. It worked out fine for him. I also think when he says I wasn't crazy – I think he's alluding to both Kyrie and maybe Nash. Both mm-hmm. those guys are gone now. As mm-hmm. opposed to when mm-hmm. he was there, they were there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't Nash they coaching? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I think it's mostly Kyrie. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. um, and now let's see what the Nets do. They're not going to tank. They can't. They don't have to pick anyway. No. They've got a bunch of good players that every team needs. Every team needs Bridges, Johnson, Finney Smith mm-hmm. to a lesser degree. Spencer is a good player. Claxton's mm-hmm. really coming as a player. Um, you know, what a surprise. Ben Simmons is a variable. Um, We're not going to talk more yeah. about it. I'm writing about it, though. No. Um, yeah, I still think their future can I be don't, I don't know if you're going to write about this piece with them, but something to keep in mind. So everybody's saying, oh, this is like the team uh, in 2019 before Katie and Kyrie got there. Um, I think that this team's actually better Definitely than that better. team. Um, not only are they better, though, they're also more expensive than that team yeah. was. And so... That is something to keep your eye on because when Jansen, Johnson deals up at the end of this year, which means I think he's a restricted free agent. Well, you got to pay him. Claxton's deal is going to be up at the end of next year. He's going to be in line for, I mean, Jared Allen got four years, 125, something like that. I think you're looking in that neighborhood, maybe even more for Nick Claxton. So it's funny. They save some money right now and things are good, but they're going to have some decisions to make. Like, shit, who do we extend? Who do we keep? Who do we pay big money to? Because that's... That'll be very interesting to see what they decide to do going forward or if they trade or, or do whatever. But look, the situation in Brooklyn is way better than it was a week ago. So good on them. Yeah, it's funny how the league changes. At one point, they were 18 and 2 in 20 games. David, we had them on. We were like, we were like, this is, but then what did we also say? We also said, yeah. I'm just waiting for the Kyrie shoe to drop. Like something's going to happen. I don't we know what. really said that. It's going to happen. Yes, I was like, something's, we said it's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Yeah. We, we just didn't know what. Right. We're like, something's going to yeah. happen. And sure enough, he asked out the whole nine. We know. Yeah. 
Uh, some people can't help themselves. Um, the Warriors and Gary Payton, the second trade. So uh, you guys may have heard the Warriors sent uh, five second round picks to Portland. They sent James Wiseman to Detroit um, to get Gary Payton, the second back. That trade was put on hold because it, the Warriors had let it be known that the Trailblazers did not tell them that Payton, the second, who's been battling injury all year, he's barely played this year. Um, he was taking toward all shots. And that is some information that the Warriors felt like they should have known because had they known what the medicals were, it may, maybe they would have changed their mind and not gone through the trade or what have you. Um, so anyway, he comes in, he took his physical. They, I think they failed him anyway on the physical, uh, but they're going to keep the trade as is. The league may fine or, or punish, I should say, the Blazers for, for doing this. I don't know, draft picks, whatever. Some kind of way they're going to get some kind of punishment. But now for the Warriors, you know, the hope was, all right, we're going to lead into this small ball. We know what Gary Payton II does for us. Huge integral part of our on-ball defensive juice. He can cut to the rim, shoot corner threes, the whole nine. Well, he may not play for at least another month or so, right? Like this is, so you have that, the Curry thing. We talked about injuries at the the top of the show. Like, okay, you did this thing. I thought they were going to go for a backup big. They didn't. Um... How do you assess this situation with the Warriors and just more broadly them going forward? I mean, Curry's injury is the biggest story. We got to, he's got to get back or, or none of it matters at all. Um, yeah. Both, both the team we just talked about, the Nets and, and Golden State, uh, they've got to develop their, their second year players. Um, Cam Thomas has his breakout three games or so, mm-hmm. uh, but he's got to get better to be trusted. And so that's on them. They've got to turn him into a real rotation player. Uh, can be a six-man for a while. That's fine. But he's got to be better on both ends, not just as a scorer. Um, Kaminga, Wiseman's gone now. Kaminga mm-hmm. is a rotation player for Golden State. I don't think they'll trust him in the playoffs, and they need to. They're going to need they, – yeah, Well, they have no, they have they no choice. They have no choice, <laughs> right. So um, I think it's – I think they're – because of the Warriors and it's Steph Curry, like they're going to be on our bus, but they're going to be in the – they're going to be on the roof. Like they're yeah, they're hitch, hitching a ride right now. There's real concern there. Yeah, um, yeah. that uh, this may think this thing may have run its course, and we may see them break it apart. And it'll be interesting because Draymond already the writing's on the wall for him, right? Odds are he's not going to be back next year, right? I don't know what they do with Clay. He's got some money left on his. I think a year after this on, yeah, on his deal. Yeah. So it'll it'll be interesting to see what what kind of and you know that's how dynasties often end up. You know, it's very right. rare. That the dynasty wins and they go out on the, it's usually not how it works. It's just, and just to also put a, put a bow on the Warriors talk, everyone's, and I understand it. Their track record suggests you should give them every benefit of the doubt, but their record when Curry plays is only 20 and 18. So it's not like they were world beaters. Yeah. They were getting murdered on the road and every series they're going to be the road. uh, They're going to be on the road the first two games and they're going to have, they're not going to have home court advantage any series. For sure. Right. So, I mean, sure. you know, let's, yeah. let's, so yeah, they're in the sidecar on the roof, yeah. as, as coach yeah. said, but you know, not, not in VIP. That's for sure. All right, everybody stay tuned. Uh, we will be back after this brief commercial break. All right, David, buyout candidates time. There are a lot of names being floated out there. Um, NBA.com put out a list. We have um, Patrick Beverly was bought out. Will Barton on the Wizards. Uh, Dwayne Debman was just signed by the Sixers. So he's off the board. Uh, Danny Green, George Hill is a candidate in Indiana to get bought out. Bryn Forbes, Serge Ibaka, Reggie Jackson, who was going to Denver. 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 Uh, DeAndre Jordan might get bought out. Kevin Love, maybe, though I doubt he may want to ride with these guys. Derek Rose, 
We mentioned Terrence Ross is being linked to um, Phoenix. Dario Sarge in Oklahoma City might be a buyout guy. And John Wall and Russell Westbrook. Now, listen, they're buyout guys for a reason. <laughs> Do any of those names excite you, David Thorpe? Not really. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if, you, if, you, guys for a yeah, if you also consider um, that you know, Jackson's already going to Denver, I mean, he'll, he, they do need more depth at the guards position. Reggie started all year. Like, I think he's fine. Um, you want to make sure you're not playing a bad player. Uh, Terrence Ross, eh, I understand why they're doing it, but he's not the defender uh, that, that, you know, that they need. I think Sarge could be interesting. The teams are adding a big as Sixers just did. Well, mm-hmm. Boston added their big with Muscala. Sure did. Sure and did. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think any buyout guy is going to be a difference maker. Unlikely in the postseason. Yeah, I mean that's why they're buyout guys, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean for a reason. And I don't, I don't know that Kevin Love will want to leave Cleveland. I think he's probably, even though his minutes, right, once Wade came back, he's not really in the rotation, yeah. but. They're winning, and he seems to be happy with that. I don't know. Yeah. I think he stays. I wouldn't be surprised at all. And, and Indiana, I don't think George Hill matters much, but uh, no. he's from Indiana, from Indianapolis. Like I could see him. Uh, they, they cut James Johnson, who was a real leader in the locker room. Uh, I thought maybe they'd pick him back up. Maybe they will. Or maybe they'll think George Hill will be that voice for us. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, because that, that that young Indiana team, you know, they're they're playing. What, they were no, balls. they're below it now. They're struggling. They're really struggling now. But um, I think the core is good going forward. They got Miles from the big extension, mm-hmm. so he's likely part of their future. So I can see George just serving the role as like an assistant coach on the bench, kind of. And sometimes you need that, right? Um, all right, the Cleveland Cavaliers. We. We kind of tease them at the top of the show. Um, David, they are number one in adjusted net rating, the 10th rated offense, and the number one rated defense. Listen, when you got Mobley and Jared Allen back there, that's real tough to score. And a core with three. Length. Very, and very a good with the three. That's a real pro- – that three, four, or five, it's a lot of arms. And it's – as we talked about with the best uh, defenses in the East, they force you into tough shots all game long. That doesn't seem like fun trying to score over those guys all game to me. Sounds like ah, I don't, I don't want to do that. Let me play somebody else who's got a crappy defense. Let me, let me, let me play one of those teams, right? Who, do, who don't guard? Um, but Cleveland, you know, we this is one of the teams we're very high on. Uh, Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland, they have a ton of on-ball juice and creation. We know what Donovan Mitchell can do in the playoffs because we've seen it multiple times. Um, our fear for them was they're a wing away. Well, Isaac Okoro. Last two months, shooting 41.9% from three. Uh, and he's up to 35% right now. Guys, like that's a huge deal because he was like in the 20s start of the season. So he has been really, over the last two months, shooting it well. I think the last couple of games, not so much. But if he can get himself around league average from three and play the defense he's playing, I'm not saying they're going to win the East, but they're going to be tough to beat. Uh, so a couple of things there. Uh, he's got to be good enough to be guarded. And that really changes their offense a lot if he if he if they have to guard him, and he's got to be Grant Williams from Boston last year, you know, just make some open threes because he's very important for them. Uh, he's going to be guarding uh, elite level scores that aren't in the front court. Uh, but you've got the two big guys who uh, who could use better help, uh, better mm-hmm. defense at the point of attack to make their job yes. easier as helpers. Yep, um, I'm just impressed. He's my coach of the year, Bernie. Uh, J.B. Bickerstaff, I, I was not a fan of his 
early in his career, like I don't like most young coaches, unless they prove otherwise. He didn't. Now he is. He's really good. Their 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 um their offensive execution. I've been. I took. I watched them play recently. Very happy to see the timing, the willingness to set screens, the commitment to setting the screens, using the screens the right way, the ball moving uh, with pace, and um and you've got those two guards that really know how to play, and they play beautifully next to each other. I don't feel like one of them is is not is about to get unhinged unhinged because he's not as involved as he needs yeah. to be. Um, yeah. Their upside still is there. Mobley is nowhere near the offensive player he one day could be at all. Mm-hmm. He's so far from that. So uh, their future is brighter than their present. But uh, we talked about injuries already. If Jalen Brown's down or if Middleton's back to being down, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. Uh, Harden is a little limpy, yep. eh, Cleveland, you're gonna. it's just hard to score on them. It's really hard. And that's that's gonna that means they're in every, every game of every series. That's a big deal. You're not gonna blow them out, not typically. Yeah, anyway. no, no, it, it's it, it's for sure. And I think, you know, it's so tough in this league, though, right, David? Because no, tomorrow's never promised or guaranteed. We have no idea what's going to happen, right? And so these are the 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 worries you have, right? You're like, as you, if you're Cleveland, we got our guys. Let's just stamp out. We don't have to do anything. You have to make a move, right? But who the hell knows what happens? You know, six months from now. Right, it's it's tough, but I, I'm with you. I think Cleveland's great. I love JB has done a great job with them. They, I mean, that just that core of those four guys, man, like, and they're all. I mean, Donald's a little bit older than them, but like, not that much older. Right. That's that's the future. That that is the future. Um, another team that, as everyone knows, a favorite of this podcast, the Memphis Grizzlies. You know, similarly, they have a bright future. Their present not looking so great lately. You mentioned the Stephen Adams injury. Um, David, they had a, a national TV game Sunday afternoon against the Boston Celtics. Celtics playing without Marcus Smart, Mark, Malcolm Brogdon, and Jalen Brown. Um, didn't seem to matter. <laughs> they had an a 18-point lead, I want to say, at one point. Memphis came back uh, in that third, took the lead. Uh, I want to say heading into the fourth. And then in the fourth quarter, what is this team's, this team's Achilles heel is what I think is going to cause them a problem come the postseason, and they're going to have to address it at some point. They can't, I mean, whether it be the offseason in terms of development, player development, whatever, because you ain't going to develop now. Um, they cannot execute half-court offense. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. getting into foul trouble because he gets off the floor. Now we don't have shot blocking. We don't have that switchable defender who can go one through five. We don't have rebound. We, we just we lose a lot of things, and they get very... Okay, Ja, go downhill and try to try to get to the rim and score. Not a recipe for success in the playoffs, David. Yeah, this is what Cleveland has. It's just way better offensive execution. And uh it's it's not it's not just what I was saying before, commitment to setting screens. It's using them, getting your timing down with it, uh, uh being a little more predictable. So you know, I know he's gonna swing in here. You know, you think that's the it's the advantage of the defense. It's not if you've already got the first out of the fall. And you've got to make that extra play. And and look, he, John Moran is so dynamic with the ball. You can be lazy in your execution. He'll still get a shot. Uh, that doesn't help the other players as well. It's uh, This is part of the being young. Focus, slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've watched almost every minute of LeBron's season this year. And one of the things he's so great at is he's just, he's not in a rush typically to score. He's mm-hmm. just... He's not blowing by you for often. Mm-hmm. He just works it, adds his fakes, changes his pace, 
defenders make mistakes and he scores. The Memphis doesn't have that collectively. They're just a young team that's um what's the uh, what's the old saying about the uh two wolves on the on the top of a hill and they look at a, a flock of sheep and one says, Let's race down there, you know, screaming and yelling and go get us one. Right. The other one says, No, let's just slow down, be quiet, we'll get them all. This is young people in basketball. Uh whereas the sober veteran, but it's a young man's game. Yet we want young men that also think a little more advanced and maturely about it. And Memphis isn't that team right now. No. And one of the, the areas where they struggle, and you know, we talk about this all the time, David, is that if you get outscored by plus 20 or plus 21 on the three-point line, you're going to lose those games. And that's essentially what happened, right? Memphis is not a great three-point shooting team. Um, they added Luke Kennard. That'll help. Uh, Boston killed them from three. Memphis dominated in the paint, right? But that's a math problem. Three greater yeah. than two, right? So sure, well, and that's the, that was the margin of the game. It was the three points, right? They just could not stop them on the three point line. And the Jaron thing, you know, this is important now because he's no longer a nice have. Like, oh, this Jaron Jackson is a good idea. Like, what could you know? If your team has designs on going far, you can't be playing twenty five minutes a game. Like that, that we're not going to win. Nope. You have to be out here for 35 plus minutes, which means these over aggressive fouls. And yes, some of them were ticky tacky, but dude, you, this is the NBA because of who you are. You're not getting the benefit of the doubt in those moments. That's just until you change some things, refs are always going to say, Oh, Jaron foul, right? That's going to happen. So he needs to start being aware of that and not getting baited into these. Cause every, whenever he fouls out of a game, two of the six or three of the six fouls are like, what are you doing? Why would you do that? And that it's time to start getting that out of your game. Yeah, he lives on the edge. I, I've studied him. He lives on the edge of uh, if you want to be a shot blocker of the guy that you're guarding, you're running the risk of jumping too often and, and him drawing fouls. If you just focus on blocking the shot of the guy that didn't see it coming, less less prone to fouls, less opportunity to get blocks, obviously. And he's walking that line, and and it doesn't always walk it uh, accurately. And yeah, they, they especially without Adams, they can't. They're not deep Cannot. in the front court. No, no, no and nothing not against Aldama. They, they've got some. He's young. Yeah. He's, not, he's not ready for no. you know. No, they're they're uh, surprisingly as we saw them ascending these last couple of years, they've still got some real work to do. They're proving that. And I think it, just to put a bow on that, that I, I tweeted this during that game on Sunday. There's nothing like a a veteran, well-run, elite NBA team like the Celtics who know a team's weakness and go at it again and again and again and again. Like, and that's, it gets, it gets, it gets laid bare. That's what happens in the postseason, right? Whatever it is you said, we don't want to play any bad players. Whatever your weakness is, a bad player, whatever, we're going to do it every time until you do something different. Yeah, can't hide them. Well, this is what I mean by execution. The, uh, you know, there are some players that are so good that they don't have to target your worst defensive player on ISO switches and they'll roast them. They can score on anybody. But most players can't. And so the better offenses are attacking a target typically, if not almost the whole time when it's not transition. And player teams that don't execute as well aren't doing that as often. They're losing possessions, I like to call it, where they had an opportunity and didn't take advantage of it. And the lack of that, that's where coaching comes in, as well as leadership from the team of being more demanding of what they're going to go after each possession. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. All right, David. So you have a quick "Who am I?" for me. It's a little, little game you want to play, yeah. right? Some you're gonna you're gonna list me some some bona fides about somebody. I gotta guess who it is. Yeah. Okay. So there's a player that I find really interesting. All right. As we start <laughs> in a good way or a bad way. In a good way. As okay. we start projecting out the playoffs. All right. So what have I told you? There's a guy that uh, in his in his first round playoff series averaged. I'm just gonna make up these numbers. Okay. 28 points, 11 rebounds, six assists as a first round player. In the second round, he was at, he's been at 26, 14, and seven. Okay. Those are pretty impressive numbers, wouldn't you say? Uh, uh, yeah. I think you, so. you don't really have a guess. Right. Is he a front court guy? Yeah. A guard? Yeah. Guy? Yeah. Because young, old? <laughs> no, pretty young. That's, that's the point. Right. You would say uh, that player who's pretty young, ascending. Mm hmm. Uh, pretty, pretty. That's what his playoff numbers were, and he's had four first round. Uh, he won three of them, so he means that second three three round matchups and put up okay. those numbers. Okay. Okay. He's twenty. I think he's turned or just about to turn twenty seven. Which let me remind you, do you know how Michael Jordan was when he won his first championship? Twenty nine. I thought he was twenty seven. Is it? Yeah. He was old. Yeah. No, 20, he was. He was twenty. He was not twenty one. Right. Right, exactly. No, not at all. He was still in college. He left at 21. <laughs> so Jordan won his first ring at 27. This, this guy, I'll give you a hint. Ready? Mm-hmm. He's won two MVP awards and never won a championship. Oh, yoke it. Right. So <laughs> when we talk about who's going to win the West, now they've got some yeah. flaws, yeah. Like, like every team does, except for maybe Boston, yeah. literally maybe yeah, Boston. Yeah. Um, come on now. He, it's not like he doesn't perform in the postseason. Oh, no. Who says that? A lot of people think that he isn't good enough to carry him in the postseason. He's a big man. Just just be aware. This guy kills it. Jamal Murray has been out for some of those losses, and he was amazing when he wasn't. Michael Porter Jr. Right, right, same thing. And he he hasn't even had a chance to – he's at the same age Jordan is was when he won his first one. So let's just remember Nikola Jokic as we get into the stretch run here. So he – Denver played in the conference finals in the bubble, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Um, so came, he's been to a conference came finals. Came back from down 3-1 twice. Twice. Yeah. So clearly they know, like, but again, we do this weird thing, man, where it's like, okay, you're the MVP. It's because it's because of how the average fan looks and sees basketball. They see it often as five individual games of one-on-one, and that's not what it is. One right? game of five-on-five. Five. Right. It's one game of five-on-five. Yeah. Five. And we give the, we do this thing where we give championships, which is a team award. We give that to an individual, and I'm like, that's not. It doesn't make sense. Individual awards are MVP, whatever. The, and even that, the best MVPs will tell you, well, I wouldn't get MVP if it wasn't for my teammates, right? Because you have to be on a good team yeah. to get MVP. Yeah. Like this is a team thing. Yes, it's very different in that one person has an outsized impact in basketball, say, than it does in a sport like football or association football, because there's more players on the field. Yes, that is true. But still, one person does not win a championship. Contrary to what you all think, it wasn't Michael Jordan and four dudes from Lifetime Fitness that won all those titles. <laughs> That's not how this works. Right. Scotty Hippen's a Hall of Famer. Dennis Rodman, also a Hall of Famer. Like, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, those guys weren't by themselves. Hall of Famers littered up and down their roster. You, you, you need help. <laughs> like, because, again, as I always say, guess what you don't get to do in the postseason? You don't get to play Houston, San Antonio, Detroit, all those terrible teams. Every, you don't play them. Every game's a battle. 
Yeah. Every, every game, game is a battle. Yeah. And every and they know all your pet moves, all your counters. Yeah. Like this is it's hard to do this. Yeah. 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 So I just as we he's the most creative player in the world, probably the best passer, best passing big of all time for sure. One of the best for sure. You know, Magic Birds, I guess Stockton. Like, well, he's one of the best passers, period. period right? right. Like and uh they just I thought they made a great trade for Thomas Bryant uh as a legit backup now, and maybe they can play some together with how Mike Malone can do some things defensively for them. Uh, and Bryant's a three-point shooter. And a great, really good rebounder, racer, uh, great hands. All the LeBron pick and rolls he threw to him. Now it'll be Jokic, mm-hmm. high-low passes, I, if they mm-hmm. get on the court together, which I don't know if they will. Um, but I just was intrigued with the idea of Jokic. as, as big, Those are big, big playoff numbers. When the other team knows he's the guy to stop, and he's just getting better. And... Yeah. Uh, so I'm very intrigued with Denver. Now they had Reggie Jackson, who, again, just fills a hole as another guard they can have. He's got tons of playoff experience. Um, yeah, we, we, we can't forget about them. The, the key for them, for me, is going to be Jamal Murray's health. Yeah. Um, right? If he's yeah. And, you know, we haven't talked about him much this year, but you know he's one of my favorite players in the league because he fits my love language yeah. most is Michael yeah. Porter Jr. Yeah. He has got to be what he was yeah. two years right. ago. Right? Agreed. Like. Because if he's that guy, well, now you got problems because that's a 45% shooter from three, yeah. like who's huge, yeah. right? Like that's. And Aaron that's Gordon a, has been problem. fantastic this year. He's been fantastic. Very, very good. Amazing player. defensively. Uh, understands his role offensively. He, he's really, his, he's a great, I don't know anything about him other than he recognized I've got to do some things differently. And he, he's had himself a hell of a year. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's interesting because. I think what happens psychologically is, okay, Jokic is one, two straight, three. So this in our in people's brains, they think he's much older than he is. God, he's been around forever. And it's like, in a way he has, but he's only 27, right? So he's, he, he, 27 or just turning 27 again. He's at the age that Jordan was, won his first title. Right. Dude won six. So, yeah, we got to just, we're going to, I time. think we're going to talk a lot about Denver. We... we I know you mentioned this, and we'll we'll wrap here. There's some coaching things you don't love about Denver, and I wonder if truly, in in truth, everything around them is what they need to be that team. I think, again, as I mentioned, MPJ is such a huge part of it. If he is that, I thought he was going to be an all-star last year before the, you know, uh, coming in from the season, from two seasons ago. I was like, man, if he continues his ascent, he could be borderline all-star. Had the back injury last year. If he can get back to that level where I thought he was going to be, I think that's a huge key for them being the title team that they want to be. Listen, Mike, Mike Malone's a solid coach at the very least, for sure. And and I would tell you, and, I, and I'll wrap up with this, I've been concerned, as you know, about uh, mm-hmm. our coaches not connecting with players. It's really good for my business. Um, he isn't one of those concerns, uh, especially if you're a good player. I, he may not pay much attention if you're not. Very good player on the team, <laughs> but I, I think he I think he connects with players and uh, gets them to fight. The evidence is overwhelming that he does that, and uh, uh, he's certainly been innovative with some things he's done with Jokic. As we as we go down the stretch here with LeBron being out and Curry and the Clippers haven't found a real rhythm. Yeah, yeah. Denver Denver is shining bright, and if and all those teams these are probably better, but they better be at full health to to knock off the world's best player. And they only got to beat one of them. They don't got to beat all three of those right, teams. Right. Just one. So just, let's just keep watching Denver. <laughs> no, for sure. All right, guys. We will be back on Thursday. Everyone have a great week. Take care.